Welcome to the Littler Labor and Employment Podcast, conversations about employment and labor law issues that impact the workplace. Hi, this is Helene Wasserman. I am a shareholder in Littler's Los Angeles office and co-chair of Littler's jury trial and litigation practice group. You know, regardless of what industry you're in and regardless of the size of your organization, the last thing that a human resources representative wants to hear is that one of their employees believes that they're being harassed. Whether the harassment is based upon gender or sexual in nature, whether it's based upon race, disability, ethnicity, any protected class, that is the last complaint that any human resources individual wants to hear. And when the person that is actually being accused of engaging in the conduct is either a member of the organization C-suite or a rainmaker or someone upon whom the viability of the organization is reliant upon, or the head of a department, that causes an interesting dichotomy, or should I say perceived dichotomy. On the one hand, the organization knows that under no circumstances can it allow or condone the behavior. But there's always that little voice in the back of their head thinking, what happens if the person who brings in all this money into our organization is found to have engaged in inappropriate conduct? What if the CFO or the CEO is truly found to have engaged in inappropriate conduct? What then? Well, while that may be a perceived or an emotional dilemma, as a practical matter, there really is no dilemma. There's only one appropriate path the company can take. There's only one appropriate option. The issue has to be addressed head on. In Employment Law 360, which is a publication addressing these various issues that is available online if you choose to look at it. On October 25, 2017, there was um, an article about an interview that was given by the acting chair of the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, Chair Victoria Lipnick. And she had given an interview about these issues and was in that interview discussing a task force that she had actually formed back in June of 2016. It was a select task force on the study of harassment in the workplace, and it was reported by her and her co-chair at the time, Chai Feldblum. And the results of this task force were fascinating. They determined that, for example, only 30% or less of all women who actually had, had suffered harassment in the workplace actually reported their complaint, and that women tend not to file charges with the EEOC. Why? Well, the issues that were addressed in this task force and in this article by Chair Lipnick are that there's a fear of doing so. Women either fear what the men will do to them in the workplace or women will fear what might happen to them at the hands of other people in the workplace in the event they complain, the fear of retaliation. I expect that the fact that there's been so much in the media and in the news recently about senior-level, high-profile individuals being accused of harassment I anticipate that individuals who are suffering from harassment in the workplace will no longer be quite as afraid to complain because if some of these high-profile people complain, they can as well. And as a result, we think that it's important that organizations know of a few do's and don'ts on how to address these types of complaints. First of all, one of the major don'ts, don't make excuses for the conduct. The worst thing that could possibly happen is if an HR professional hears of somebody's complaint and tries to make excuses for the alleged harasser. Oh, that's just boys being boys. 
or that's just that person, how he acts, don't take it seriously. That is amongst the worst things that an HR professional could do. You can never make excuses for the inappropriate conduct. Equally as bad is if there is ever, under any circumstances, any retaliation taken against the individual who has come forward and made the complaint. Both HR as well as any of the management individuals who are involved in the complainer's chain of command have to be advised that no retaliation of any sort can be taken against the individual bringing forward the complaint. One of the major don'ts also is don't let the person who's making the complaint, even for a moment, even for a nanosecond, believe that the company is not taking the complaint seriously, regardless of who it is that they're complaining about. As far as dues, the most important thing is to take it seriously, to say you're taking it seriously, and actually take it seriously. This begins with a thorough investigation. Now, oftentimes we are asked, well, how on earth is somebody who's in a human resources role in an organization supposed to investigate their boss or supposed to investigate a senior manager within the organization, a member of the C-suite, a major rainmaker? What we typically will recommend in those circumstances is that an outside investigator be retained. What this does is it takes the human resources role out of the equation for the purposes of the investigation so that the person who is a neutral third party can actually look at the situation without feeling like they've got some skin in the game. They're looking at it from the outside. They're somebody who can interview all of the appropriate people and make determinations and recommendations for how the company is to respond under the circumstances. That's the key thing that has to occur when such a complaint is made. Obviously, people need to be treated well. You know, a lot is at stake here. You're dealing with the health and welfare of your employees. You're dealing with the bottom line of the organization. You're dealing with political perception. You're dealing with how the company is perceived by the public at large to the extent that it's somebody who is a senior level individual within your organization. A lot more is at stake than what that particular alleged harasser might be thinking. So whenever a complaint is brought to your attention regarding alleged harassment in the workplace, it doesn't matter who is the alleged harasser, the company must take it seriously. Um, if you'd like more information about how to address sexual harassment complaints, or any other issue of employment law interest, check out Littler.com. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. To discover other labor and employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit littler.com slash podcasts.